Welcome to ACC Nation. That's Will. I'm Jim, and it's all about the Atlantic Coast Conference, football, basketball, and a whole lot more. We're available on your favorite podcast and internet radio streaming platforms, plus YouTube, and we encourage you to subscribe. And if you want to drop us a line, simply email us at contact at accnation.net. It's contact at accnation.net. Well, uh, after spending a week lollygagging in the great white north, I hope you had a good time. <laughs> I did, and it snowed. Um, <laughs> of course, two days. it did. <laughs> it wouldn't have, wouldn't have been the Great White North without snow. <laughs> well, like I said last week, I went up up to spend a couple of days up in Duluth, which is literally right on Lake Superior. And with it being, you know, Ooh. kind of in that weird area where we're, you know, where it's starting to get cold, we had some lake effect snow up there. I mean, it snowed more on Monday than it did Tuesday, but. Still, it kind of makes you realize what's about to come. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and that's, uh, and there's, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's actually snow in the forecast here for Friday. So. Is there? Oh, boy. Well, it's uh, it's November, and it, it always struck me that uh, when I was younger, um, where I live or where I used to live in Virginia, um, we would go out uh, bird hunting. Um, on Thanksgiving or right around in that time, uh, grouse, quail, uh, pheasant, that kind of thing. Yeah. Year, you know, so it would always seem to spit snow right around in that time frame. So for me growing up, that was the, that was the uh, demarcation between, okay, all that, that, uh, what we refer to as Indian summer back then, um, has become, winter now so it's time to hunker down and get ready for it because i don't know it feels like it's going to be a uh, um a little different type of winter but you know the forecasters aren't saying that for at least not where i live i don't know about where you live so mm, i think it's supposed to be colder than normal but it really hasn't been super cold i mean it's not winter yet but still like yeah it's been in like there's been a couple of days where it's been uh, like in the 30s but all in all really hasn't been that bad so we go to the other side of earth and they're getting ready to go into summer which Mm -hmm. uh always always struck me i i've i have on my bucket list going to australia and uh so i i have to i have to plan accordingly uh with with the seasons so it kind of i have to flip everything upside down based upon you know how we grew up here uh it's just the opposite there so anyway let's get into sports and uh talk a little bit about what's going on in the acc uva and unc are facing off in the acc field hockey championship and that is today that's sunday the 7th Uh, that's when we record unfortunately we are recording prior to so we can watch now in women's soccer this is another game we're going to be watching. UVA and FSU are battling for the ACC title. That's also today, Sunday the 7th. So two big championships uh, that are coming up on Sunday the 7th. We'll find out a little more about those as the week progresses. and We'll have it on the site at accnation.net. Meanwhile, in men's soccer, the quarters are on Sunday. Today, semis come up on Wednesday, and the championship will be on the 14th. 
NCAA selection of teams for field hockey, soccer, cross-country championships. That's all to come. We'll know more about that. We'll share that with you as we go. The uh, cross-country folks are going to be going into regional activity uh, very soon, and we'll find out who ends up uh, in the national uh, competition for that cross-country championship very soon. Let's get into our top 25 oopsies again, Will. Uh, does this thing ever slack off at all? I mean, it's it's like every week the top 25 teams slip on the banana peel. And uh, let's start at the top here. Purdue, yay, I've got a, uh, a niece that goes there. Uh, Purdue, over number three, Michigan State. 40 to 29. I could also root for Michigan State because uh, uh, one of my other nieces went there and she's graduated. So I'm throwing them out the window. Uh, That's quite the upset because I think that may have bumped Michigan State out of the conversation for the college football playoff um, top four, at least. At least for now. Yeah. We'll see how the rest of the season goes. Still plenty of games to go. Um, Illinois over number six, Minnesota, 14 to six. Um, interesting. I, uh, I did not expect to see that, but, um, say <laughs> la vie. Um, yeah, I hear you. I mean, this is, <laughs> yeah, the second time this year, Minnesota's lost a really low scoring game. Remember when remembers when they lost to Bowling Green earlier in the season by a similar score and, a lot of uh, WTF with with some of these results, and obviously that was that question: why are they were even ranked in the college football playoff? But let me just point this out before we move on on yeah. Illinois. Mm-hmm. Some of their results so far this season: they lost thirteen to nine to Purdue. Right. Uh, this is not counting like the early. You know, they beat Nebraska, lost, got blown up by Virginia. But these are some of the games they, they had: thirteen to nine lost to Purdue, mm-hmm. got shut out by Wisconsin. Had the nine overtime game against Penn State that they won and now won a game fourteen to six. I mean, I if with some of those results, it makes you wonder how they're how they're you know winning as many games as they are. They are doing a pit. <laughs> That's all I can say. That's their season. Um, it, it just that roller coaster up and down. Um, number uh, twelve, Baylor fell to TCU. That final score there was 30 to 28. Um, all right. Yeah. I mean, Gary Patterson gets fired, then they go out and win a game. I mean, <laughs> How about that? Weird. <laughs> hmm. Wonder why that might be. Hmm. Wow. Um, this was an interesting game. A very um, two closely ranked teams out of the SEC, but the score. Did not, or at least the final score, didn't tell you uh, that these teams should have been close. Uh, Texas A&M ranked 14 over number 13, Auburn, 20-3. to Good win for Jimbo. Yeah, good win for Jimbo and, another, and a kind of a head-scratching loss for Auburn because they only put up three points and... Yeah, A and M, you know, sitting at seven and two now on the year, ranked fourteenth. They'll get a little bit of a bump with the aforementioned Baylor loss. You know, we'll probably flirt with a top ten ranking. I don't think they'll get there, but you know, maybe they'll flip flop. But yeah, twenty to three. I don't think that that really encapsulates you know how, how lopsided this game was. It was just because it was yeah. the fourth quarter. Because um, yeah. 
to A&M scored 14 points in the fourth quarter. Otherwise, yeah, but yeah, things went south quick. Mm-hmm. No puns. Uh, Arkansas over number 17, Mississippi State, 31 to 28. Weird. Um, yeah. yeah, Arkansas has been. We've seen them be capable of jumping up and getting teams at, at you know throughout the season. And you know, remember they handled Texas earlier in the year, and come to find out, Texas isn't that good. But uh, what? You know, they've. Yeah, money, I know. Money blasphemy. doesn't buy everything. What? What? Yeah, weird, huh? Yeah. But you know, they're you know Mississippi State's been a pretty good team this year. They were you know that they're so it makes you wonder how a five and four team is going to be ranked uh, going into next the next week. But you know yeah. it is conference. The conference affiliation probably has something to do with that. Of course, of course. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> God. Um, well, speaking of Paul, uh, <clears throat> Tennessee. With a, a big win over number eighteen Kentucky, forty-five to forty-two, brought up all kinds of conversations about Hendon Hooker and uh, Kentucky being overranked and uh, craziness. Yeah, so. you know, uh, funny thing is, is Tennessee was actually favored in this game. I think they were like a point or point favorite going uh, at kickoff in this game. So it's not like it was a huge oopsie. I mean, if you go, if you're going off ranking, yeah, definitely. But uh, I ended up watching the end of this game. Um, Kentucky was going down to to try to win it. And they were caught in a situation where it was like, they had, they either go for a Hail Mary to win, or it was like a 50 something yard field goal, which, unless you're Oregon state's kicker, you probably have no chance of making. Um, so, and they ended up going for the hail Mary and it didn't work or the first down. So it didn't work, but um, you know, Tennessee is quietly, you know, rebounded from a slow start. They're now five and four. Um, you know, we've, we talked about a hidden hooker, you know, is going to be one of the reasons Justin Fuente gets fired because he chose Braxton Burmeister over him and well, there are other reasons, but you know, Tennessee with that, with our quarterbacks had a nice season. Long reasons, for, long list of reasons for when to yeah. be fired. And we'll be getting into some of them in a little bit. <laughs> well, will we? Okay. Uh, Boise State over number 23, Fresno State. Uh, final score there, golly, Ned, 40 to 14. Boise State is a good team. Um, they have had some ups and downs, but that is a team that always will reach out and bite people. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, this is, you know, Boise state has done that. Um, you know, they're, that's kind of their history over the last, you know, however many years, um, that they come, they will jump up and get somebody when you least it's expected. And they're they're they certainly went, you know, went on the road to Fresno state and, and put a beat down on, you know, they're they're not they're five and four and the game wasn't really that close i mean it was they scored 17 points in the fourth quarter i'll score them 17 7 but to make it to get to that 40 but yeah fresno or boise state you know, looking looking good again looks like they'll be a, they'll be in a bowl again this year yeah and uh whoever they play um should become prepared <clears throat> mm-hmm. now and because I enjoyed this Freddy Krueger moment so much, number two Alabama escaped with a win over LSU. Just 
And I, I mean, it literally came down to the remaining seconds of this game. The fact that Alabama had to, and it was a home game, they had to fight so hard to beat LSU uh, tells me that this team is uh, at number two is overranked and should be uh, uh, bumped. And they won't because they're Alabama. Of course. Um, But, you know, it's a hard game in the SEC, uh, you know. (laughs) Even though, you know, LSU is now four and five on the year with that loss. But uh-huh. would you ever expect a game where Alabama had six yards rushing? Um, that's just, just, that was one of the stunning things that came out of this game is that Alabama had ran the ball 26 times and netted just six yards. Yeah. Um, nobody could run the ball. I mean, Bryce Young had a nice game through the air, got 300 yards. But against a lame duck co- coach and you barely squeak by i mean yeah, yeah. that's not good yeah yeah i and you know i'm i have um i don't i don't think i've ever held back in saying I, i'm not a fan of alabama i've got a lot of, of friends who are fans of alabama and i don't hold that against them uh, but i also have three sister-in-laws who are lsu grads and uh, a lot of fans obviously on that side of the family so I have to listen to that part of the SEC, which is coming up for Thanksgiving. Oh. Um, <clears throat> anyway, um, but uh, yeah, I would have liked to have seen LSU pull off a, a last-second win in that game. It, it uh-huh. would have it would have done my heart good. I I, I may have uh, uh, pulled out the old Chris Bond hammer. <laughs> so. Anyway, let's get into the ACC Plus One football schedule. On Friday, it was Boston College over Virginia Tech. This final score is what uh, Will was alluding to just a few moments ago in helping one person make a decision, uh, make that decision a lot easier. Boston College 17, Virginia Tech 3. Yeah. Um Definitely tell, a tell visual. Us what you really, tell us what you really think. Uh, first of all, let's 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 start out with the the surprise appearance of somebody in this game. Yeah, you know, we were, there were some rumors leaking or uh, floating out there on Friday morning that Phil Jakovic would be back, and it was not comp- fully um, known at that point if he was going to be back because you know it's it it wasn't the most you know, credible source in the world just because they're, you know, you usually, you look to higher ups for, for, and I'm not knocking them, but they, I mean, the, the, the first person I saw, it had like 170 Twitter followers. And usually when something like that comes out, you just kind of dismiss it, but Hey, give them their credit. They were right. But uh, yeah, Phil Jakovic did come back in this game um, after missing six games with a, with an injury. Um, Looked rusty. Let's be real. He looked pretty rusty in this game. Um, only, only, but they only had the ball, throw the ball 13 times because they ran the ball so much. Um, uh, and then really be, with, he actually ran the ball fairly well. And so did Pat Garbo. I mean, he, he was kind of a, a workhorse for the Eagles in this game, 30 carries, 116 yards in this game. Um, they ran the ball for 234 yards in this game, um, had a couple of nice rushing touchdowns. But, you know, they didn't really have to do much. Uh, Braxton Burmeister was knocked out in this game early. Um, they went to Knox Kadem, who looked a little out of, looked like he was 
you know, he wasn't very good in this game. Seven to sixteen passing. Not but. ready for primetime player. Yep, he's a not. He was a not ready for primetime player. Um, and you know they ran the ball fairly well, though. That's the thing between Ray Blackshear and Malachi Thomas. Yeah. You know, they both ran the ball well. But uh, the 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 thing that I think irks a lot of Virginia Tech fans, they had back to back four hundred yard games. Uh, on, on an offense and then they had 235 in this game and then it felt like they were there was like an upward trajectory uh, for the offense and then it just came crashing right back down with with the way the offense w- w- ran in this game and yeah some of that too is Boston College had the ball for almost 37 minutes and they ran the ball 54 times but you know you gotta you, know, you, you gotta make the most of, of your thing yeah and <laughs> And we haven't even gotten to the thing that I think frustrated Virginia Tech fans the most is uh, at the end of the game, uh, there was a uh, Virginia Tech had fourth and six on the 25. Um, was it? Yeah, it was a fourth and six on their own 25 with about four minutes or so left in the game. And rather than go for it, knowing you're going to need two scores, uh, Fuente elects to punt and you know play field position. There's one problem. They never got the ball back. Mm-hmm. BC bled the final four plus minutes of the clock and went on to win. Yeah, I'm um, saying uh, you know that that the 30 plus minute uh, aspect there that you mentioned just a moment ago might have been some kind of a clue for somebody who's sort of keeping up with the game that mm-hmm. uh, the the opponent. Most likely, if I if I turn the ball over to them, I may not see it back. Yeah, it was just a super conservative uh, game plan on on the Boston College side because they were just trying to bleed the clock. Because yeah, you know, and <laughs> and and if yeah, and then you can tell Virginia Tech's just not a great offense, so they didn't really need to do a whole lot. And Fuente kind of played right into that at the end of the game, and uh, it's it's you know it's part of the reason they lost but you know it's it's you know it's a very frustrating time and obviously we feel like fuente is going to go at some point between now and probably december 15th or 16th whenever that buyout drops yeah the magic date yep yeah so yeah i'd I'd say that um merry christmas (laughs) which is usually the case for employees in general, you know, they always get shafted right before the holidays. <laughs> but um, that's, uh, you know, that's that's a that's that's of his own doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, he brought sorry. it himself, no doubt. I mean, if you look at at the years of, um, I I hate to say it's ineptitude, but golly, Ned, man. I mean, there were just so many things that just when you start adding them up, it, it just it, it makes you feel a little queasy. Uh, and yeah, I it was the, so weird. You go. Oh, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, I wrote that, that thing about him here a couple of weeks ago, and you really it really felt like that lost to Old Dominion three years ago mm. really started that downward trajectory. I mean, yeah. I think there were players who left the team right after that game and it just felt like this team has never recovered. Yeah. Well, they'll, they'll have an opportunity to, to do some rebuilding. Um, and, and the neat thing about, I think Virginia tech is that uh, um, it won't be, I don't think that they're so much in a rebuild 
or in, in need of a rebuild, I think that's, that a, a decent replacement can come in there and if they really work the uh, the recruiting trail hard, especially if they do it within the, the state of Virginia, um, we'll be able to, to bring that team back into competitive stature fairly quickly, um, maybe within a year, year and a half before things start to click again. Yep. Just, so, uh, you know, got to get a foothold in the 757, and right. you know, that'll go a long way to, uh, to help your in-state recruiting. Indeed. On Saturday, uh, UNC defeated number nine, Wake Forest. Uh, I love David Teal's take on this um, in in a tweet. It was very simple. Um, I don't have it in front of me to, to directly quote it, but basically uh, Wake Forest loses a, a conference game that doesn't count as a conference game. Um, and it, it's just the irony of this not being a conference game is not lost on anyone. So, but um, we knew this was going to be a shootout. Um, and we also know that Wake Forest has no defense. And it's pretty obvious that neither does North Carolina. Uh, 58-55 final score. Uh, Wake Forest is going to take a hit mm-hmm. over this loss um, in the in the CFP rankings, which will, you know, maybe diminish their bowl um, who knows, but I, you know, I'm not too surprised. I think we all went with our picks. I think we all went with Wake Forest though. Mm-hmm. So the, the exact wording on the tweet you mentioned from David Teal is mm-hmm. Wake Forest loses at North Carolina remains undefeated in ACC. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> really? So it really says something. huh? Uh, it, it, yeah. That, and, you know, we're not going to go into the details of explaining why that yeah. is not a conference game. It's, yeah. it's been set up like that a long time ago. It was an yep. option. And uh, I. Yeah, and we forget, you know, they had the non-conference game two years ago, too, yeah. that Wake won. Um, I remember I remember that because there was some controversy into that game. But Wake Forest put up 615 yards of offense in a loss here. Um <sighs> Yeah, that? that's that's <laughs> kind of staggering yeah and I, um you know the thing of what what kind of led to the loss is sam hartman wasn't great 25 of 51 passing you know when you're sub 50 percent you're that's that the, you're generally not going to win a lot of ball games plus you throw two interceptions and you know that kind of kind of you know leads to that um you know they, they ran the ball fairly well 217 yards on the ground but the but the key of it is is they did not stop unc's rushing attack uh, Ty Chandler went over 200 yards rushing. He had four touchdowns, so he pulled the pulled the Al Bundy and scored four touchdowns in one game. <laughs> Sam Howell had over 100 yards rushing. So as a team, they ran for 330 yards on the ground. Um, it, we've seen the uh, emergence of Sam Howell as a runner um, this season, and you know it's very it's kind of a scary thing to be honest with you, but when the, you're not really getting the time to throw and you're obviously having a lot of success on the ground and, you know, wake, wake has shown they're not very good stopping the run anyway. So you just might as well go, go just keep running the football as That's much right. as possible. I mean, they ran, the they had 78 plays yesterday and ran the ball 52 times. So that means they ran the ball two thirds of the time 
um, yesterday. Mm -hmm. So, you know, big win for UNC though. That's a, it's, you know, it helps because they, this is one of those games I didn't expect them to win when I had wrote that they could miss out on a bowl, but I think they're, they're going to get there now. Um, big, you know, it's a huge win, you know, getting up, putting up 58 points and, you know, showing that you do have, uh, you know, uh, have a lot, a lot going on. And to be perfectly honest, they're still not out of the uh, coastal race yet. No, that's, that's a whole mess unto itself that we could spend <laughs> uh, an eternity talking about. There's so many, so yeah, no many uh, what ifs, ands, and buts involving both the Atlantic and the coastal, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. It's fun to watch and enjoy week after week and seeing what comes up. Um, this next game, number 25, Pitt over Duke, 54-29. When I first had an opportunity to uh, to watch this game, <clears throat> uh, Duke was winning. And I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, you know, looking a gift horse in the mouth, Pitt. But they, they pulled it off. They came back and, and uh, racked up the, the scores where it, it uh, absolutely was needed. I, you cannot flirt with disaster, but so many times here, guys, you've got to stop. <laughs> oh, man. Thoughts on this game, Will? What Jim's referring to here, yeah, the final score was 54 to 29, but Duke was leading this game until about the four minute mark of the second quarter. And then Pitt just kind of pulled away from there. But all, we should also add Gunnar Holmberg got hurt in this game, didn't come back. Um, don't know exactly what the injury issue is there, but uh, their backup was not very good. And then they tried another quarterback who, you know, he only threw a couple of passes. But, you know, Kenny Pickett looked been like a, a stud again 416 yards three touchdowns pit had 636 yards of offense that's just staggering um you know jordan addison 171 yards receiving you know another stud um receiver but yeah pit continues to you know hold the lead in the coastal but as we just said you know they you know they're they're showing uh some a little cracks in the armor especially against good passing teams and they're good teams with good offenses, and oh boy, they they face North Carolina on Thursday night. So good luck with that, and Virginia. And if Brennan Armstrong's healthy, you might as well set the over under at a hundred in that mm-hmm. game. Yeah, easily. That that'll be a fun both of those games actually, because considering yep. the quarterbacks for both these teams, uh, North Carolina and Virginia, uh, Hal and, and Armstrong are just going to yeah. light up the board, and mm-hmm. Pickett will do and, the same. So. And I didn't even mention they closed the season with Syracuse, who who is one of the better running teams in the league, too. Well, that'll be interesting, uh, interesting matchup. So things could very easily get out of control for Pitt in these last couple of games. So um, we'll keep a, a close eye on that. Uh, Miami slips the death grip of Georgia Tech, 33-30. to 30. Miami, Miami, Miami. Uh, and I guess we could do the same thing with Georgia Tech three times too, because I know some of their fans uh, are are just pulling their hair out over Jeff Collins and the performance of Georgia Tech. I still think Georgia Tech is on is is right where they ought to be and 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 continuing to improve and finding their way. I think at the end of this year, next year, I think is their year to to say, okay, Jeff, if you're not if you're not delivering some D 
decent performance next year, then we need to have a talk. I don't think this year is the year to do that, even though people are, are impatient. Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech. <laughs> Marsha, 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 Marsha. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. No. <laughs> it's showtime. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this ended up being a pretty competitive game. Um, it was back and forth the whole way. Um, really, it really says something when Miami puts up 563 yards of offense, Al gains Georgia Tech by 200 and only wins by three. But that was because they turned the ball over three times. Uh, fumble, all three were fumbles. You know, Tyler Van Dyke, 389 yards passing and three touchdowns, 210 yards receiving for Charleston Rambo. He had a nice touchdown. Um, that that's really the story. Jalen Knight and 162 yards on the ground and a touchdown. That's your story for Miami right there. And I was saying they're right there in the coastal race. Still um, they're tied for second in the loss column of Virginia, but obviously the who's have the event of the tiebreaker because of uh, because of their win down there of the doing a few weeks ago because of the doink uh, Georgia tech, you know, Jeff Sims only 194 yards passing in this game. And, uh, didn't run the ball very well. He actually had negative eight yards <laughs> rushing because he, he had a three, he got sacked three times, but um, didn't, I mean, Jordan Mason had a nice long touchdown in this game. You know, Jameer Gibbs ran the ball well, but I think the thing that uh, uh, kind of frustrates Georgia Tech fans is, is in the post game, uh, Jeff Collins called out two former guests of this show in, um, in Ken Stagira and uh, Kelly Quinlan for being too negative. Well, let me ask you something, Jeff. What exactly is there to be positive about right now? Okay. Your team continues to, you know, you're, you're in year three, um, losing to, you know, losing. You're probably not going to a bowl again this year when a lot of people thought this would be the year you do go to a bowl. Yeah. So if I was him, I would shut my mouth yeah. and just, and accept reality because to bring out the old visual again, Seattle region might be getting a little warm here. Yeah. Heading into heading in the next season. So uh, let me just say this. When it comes to attacking uh, uh, Ken and or Kelly, um, because they are friends of the show, and I have a lot of respect for both of those guys. Um, they do, a, I think, a very good job. They're very straightforward, good reporting. So my yeah. simple response to that is jeff shut the hell up <clears throat> i mean focus right. focus on the team okay exactly don't worry about don't don't go to the path of Flor of florida right now that's that's Good not going to endear yeah. you and let me just say before we move on we'd uh, invite y'all to check out our friends over at all sports discussion because i think our fr friend jeff put up a nice little piece on this yesterday on saturday so Check yeah, Jeff. Out. Jeff is a big uh, GT fan. He's a big so. Georgia Tech fan, so he's he, frustrated. He he definitely under understands the situation better than us. But yeah. <laughs> he is very frustrated, <clears throat> and uh, rightfully so. So um, he he's probably way ahead of the curve though when it comes to oh, yeah. to, to putting up <laughs> no <with doubt>. stuff. <laughs> so no anyway. doubt. Um, anyway, number nineteen, NC State over FSU, twenty-eight to fourteen. Um, not a bad showing by either team, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah. you, you sort of look at it and, and go, well, this probably is where this game should have ended up. So, mm -hmm. 
And let's throw in the caveat too that uh, Florida State was that was out something between like twenty to twenty five players due to a flu bug that's going around the campus, yeah. and um, it's at least you know, it wasn't they, COVID. Yeah, at least it wasn't COVID because they'd be in a lot of trouble right now. But uh, uh, Mackenzie Milton had to start the game, uh, completed fifty percent of his passes, threw for two hundred thirty three yards, which isn't horrible. Uh, the thing was they only ran the ball for thirty eight yards, averaging one point four yards per carry. Which, as we've seen, this this rushing attack is not the same without Jordan Travis. Um, ho- hopefully, Travis will be able to come back uh, next week and play again because that that makes it it makes a difference with this team how they are able to you know do so well on offense but uh you know one of the things that kind of confuses me is all of a sudden nc state with arguably the the best set of backs in the league uh all of a sudden can't run the ball uh they they had they ran the ball for 86 yards in this game averaging 2.3 yards per carry but devin leary is really stepping up uh, without that 314 yards and four touchdowns in this game uh, when we we talk about the you know top quarterbacks in this league, we always think of you know Brennan Armstrong, Kenny Pickett, Sam Hartman, Sam Howell. Devin Leary needs to be there too. He has put up some some really yeah. strong performances for the Wolfpack these last few weeks, and definitely need needs to garner some attention. Very impressive quarterback, and and you're right, he he does. He needs more um, accolades than than obviously have been coming his way. Um, <clears throat> Here's the one thing I will say. I think about NC State uh, in the running game in that particular instance. Um, and 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 this is kind of a generalized statement, so take it for what it's worth. Sometimes it's 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 not worth anything. Uh, in this instance, I think it may have something to. It, it may be something to think about. Uh, and and it not only applies to NC State, it applies to basically every team. You, you find yourself putting together a plan if, of your offense, and you, you run a, a certain set of, of plays, and it, it becomes very apparent to your opponents as more and more time goes on uh, how to, to fight that. So if you're not shifting a little bit from time to time and showing a little bit of a different scheme uh, of that offensive plan overall, uh, people can can view the tape and say, okay, this is where we can shut them down and how we can shut them down. And um, um, Clemson is a good example of that. Um, so I think what happens here is NC State's running game um, – there's a degree of predictability for me. You know, I don't, I don't sit and study their, their film. You know, I can't do that. I just don't have the time right. with all the teams that, that we look at. Uh, and our daily jobs. <laughs> exactly. So uh, here's the thing. When I do look at a game and I watch a team, if I see something that's repetitive, and I've had that week away from them, and then I see it again, and I see it again. Then it becomes very easy for me to sit there as an armchair quarterback and go, here's what's going to happen next, and here's where it's going, and here's how you can stop it. Well, don't think that the guys that are sitting there looking at all this video and saying, okay, this is what they do consistently. This is how they change things up. You become uh, – people – 
People are, are creatures of habit. And that includes offensive coordinators who are calling these plays. They do the same things over and over and over and over again. And it becomes very easy to read. So if you don't change things up weekly, give people different looks. Try out different things. See how that works. Throw your opponents off. Not only the opponent that week, but the opponent the week after, the week after, the week after. I think that's part of the issue there at NC State and a couple other teams that I, I could point to that are doing the same thing week after week. It doesn't take that much to to change things up from week to week, to be honest with you. I just think that we're creatures of habit. It's just the way things happen sometimes. Um, North, uh, North Dakota, here I go again. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm really going to have to just type this out, Notre Dame, or just put the Irish. Um I think I'm doing this on purpose, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> uh, they roll Navy 34 to 6. And God help me if I have to read another headline that says, Notre Dame torpedoes Navy. Um, gee whiz, man. What did you go back to in the 1920s to find that headline? Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, not an unexpected finish there for the Irish. Um, the middies are are not much of a team 34 to 6 that's somewhere where you ought to be yeah yeah like you said you know navy is down um from what they have been and the the result shouldn't be a big surprise you know, notre dame was a heavy favorite in this game they came out and proved it uh, jack going had a pretty good game 269 yards passing on 23 of 29 um kyron williams had 95 yards on the on the ground uh, Notre Dame averaging just under five yards per carry at 150 yards on the ground. It's kind of like a, a you know, what they, uh, a, you know, kind of the outcome they needed to get ready for next week. And, and Virginia, assuming Brennan Armstrong plays, we, we still don't know that yet. I know there was an interview, I believe that came out on Twitter yesterday with, uh, with someone who he was doing an appearance because of, you know, in name, image and likeness. And he said he was, he was doing a lot better, but, you know, no messing around with rib injuries, whether it's cracked or whatever. We just don't know. But uh, we'll find out this week, and hopefully he'll be able to play against yeah. Notre Dame because that's uh, that's going to be another big spotlight game with the, with it being uh, in Charlottesville on ESPN. That's right. Or ES, not ESPN, ABC. Well, ABC. On Saturday that, night. Exactly. ABC. Right. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's, that should be a very big game. And from a television uh, standpoint, uh, Notre Dame does pull a, a huge audience because they have a lot of, of people who follow the team, alumni, et cetera. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was looking at those numbers just the uh, about a week or two ago. I actually was looking at where the, the clusters of, uh, of Notre Dame fans are, and it's staggering. If you look at a map of the U.S., how spread out throughout the United States they are in places that you would not even imagine. Um where that is the predominant fandom. Mm -hmm. And so that, that it brings in a lot of eyes. And uh, so ABC said, yeah, that's not going on ESPN. <laughs> We're going to put it on the big cheese. That's right. We're going for it. Um, anyway, uh, it should be a fun game to watch. Clemson eludes Louisville 30 to 24. And I'm saying eludes because Clemson came out of this, by the hair of their chinny chin chin 
And we're not talking about my chin either. <laughs> no, more more mine compared. Yeah, to more, a lot closer to yours compared to mine. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this one went right down literally to the end, and um, Louisville had first and goal uh, with less than a minute to go. It was uh, let me find the the situation here. It was first and goal on the two. With a minute with a minute and one seconds left, and they failed to score because they uh, there was a no gain on first down, a loss of three on second down, a gain basically gaining that back on third down, and then a, a sack on fourth down. Um, very questionable play calling at the end of the game. <laughs> I think they should have. Uh, I think they should have tried throw more. And I know uh, I think it came out after the game. Satterfield said Cunningham did try to throw, but nobody was open. But you got to. Got to be a little more smarter than that, especially with the uh, with the, the game on the line. Try to for I mean, you might as well try to force something or throw it away or something to that effect. Yeah. <laughs> what else can we say about that game? Um, don't Over feel two hundred twenty yards passing. Don't don't feel like um, don't feel like Clemson has has progressed that much this year. Yeah, um, they're you know, in the last couple of weeks they've been all right, but yeah, they're way down from what they expected, yeah. from what you would expect. <clears throat> I I watch um, I watch DJ and watch his his command of the field is not there yet. He is. No, I hear you. He's he's still working on that, and I tell you what, dude's got a cannon. Um, when it comes to his size and his his running ability um definitely somebody that you better be watching carefully Mm -hmm. if he ever calms down enough and and gets that feel for the field and 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 slows down the clock in his head so that he can actually go through all of the different options in in split seconds rather than seconds um He's going to be a, a real threat, and I, and I I hate to I'd hate to see him go by the wayside. I think he is a is a uniquely talented guy, and I, I want to see him succeed. I want to see I want to see what he can do when he's operating properly. Yeah, that, and let's keep in mind he's a redshirt freshman. Yeah, so he's so, got he's got a lot of development left. In him. Yeah, he's he's got learning to do, and I, I think that. Uh, I, I think they they stick with that, and uh, he comes rolling out next year, and it's it's a whole different Clemson picture. <laughs> so it'll be back to the old Clemson. But I think at the same time, there'll also be a lot of other teams in the ACC next year that will still be competitive, um, and and it won't be as much of a an easy ride for Clemson. Um, and I think this may be the emergence of the ACC. We'll see. I I, I, I have that hope year after year. <laughs> I hope this isn't just one of those that we just toss in the wastebasket again. Hey, um, lots of football to talk about, obviously, but, uh, you know, you guys who are fans, women, men and women who are fans of basketball, it begins Tuesday with the biggest matchup coming in the Champions Classic in New York between number nine, Duke, and number 10, Kentucky. That should be a fun game to watch. That is among uh, just about, I think everybody is is uh, playing, well, 
Within the first couple of days, for sure. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, within, yeah, Tuesday and Wednesday, all, everybody's playing. So it should be fun to watch that. Friday, yeah. it's Pitt and West Virginia. Those are Neither of those teams are ranked this season so far. Um, and uh, they're having their problems. But the backyard brawl is always a lot of fun to watch. And Virginia Tech is taking on Navy at the Veterans Classic in Annapolis. That's on Friday. So that's uh, going to be a fun game to watch. And a lot of basketball. Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then Monday. And then Tuesday. And then Wednesday. Lots of ball. Lots of basketball, man. If you love basketball, it's coming. And it's coming in a big way. And there's tons of, of invitationals and classics and the Big Ten and ACC Challenge. We've got a lot of that covered. We're going to be talking with folks who will give us a, a little different perspective on what's going on basketball-wise because it's time to energize that base as well. So, you know, your thoughts on, on the upcoming season, man. It looks pretty exciting. I'm, I'm kind of pumped about it and looking forward to it. Yeah, storylines plenty, really. Um, you know, obviously, this being Coach K's final year, we've got you know new head coach in North Carolina with Hubert Davis. Um, you know, tons of you know Florida State looking to you know win, um, be you know a, a factor again in the in the league, and I think they will be. Um, the you know Virginia with kind of a you know a little bit of a rebuilt roster. Virginia Tech looking like a team that's going to be able to shoot with anybody in the league again. Um, you know, it's in, it's really at least the, for the top half of the league. I think Notre Dame is a team to watch this year. They're going to be a team that scores a lot. I don't know if they're going to play much defense. Same with Syracuse. Uh, Buddy Beheim, you know, he's getting a lot of praise because he because he had an awesome NCAA tournament. But um, yeah, and there's going to be you know teams that are going to be at the bottom of the league, like you know like Boston College with a new coach. That's just it, it. That's you know they're trying to rebuild that program. Steve Forbes is doing the same at, at uh, Wake Forest, but you know it's year number two. They've got some work to do. Pitt, you know I I I'm surprised this the program has gone downhill the way it has. So, but still. It's not going to be a lot of dull nights in the ACC this year. I think there's I think there's a lot of going to be a lot of quality games that we're going to have to keep our eyes on. Thanks for joining us on ACC Nation. Follow us by subscribing on your favorite podcast or streaming radio platform and on YouTube. We'd appreciate a five-star rating while you're there. Visit our homepage at accnation.net and support us via PayPal. Keep up with the latest by following us on Google News. You can find ACC Nation on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Reddit, and Pinterest. Follow Will at WillsWorldMN, and I'm at ACC the Q. Cheers! Score.